We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC. And I want to wish a very, very happy post-draft guide day to Matthew Lane. We launched the book on Wednesday. How good does it feel to have the people getting to see all the hard work we put into the KCSN draft guide this year, Matthew? Oh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, this is one of like the best times of the year. Like I obviously enjoy draft season and when the actual draft comes around, any part of the Chiefs season, but... It's really nice to see once the draft guide is released and it gets out to the people and just everyone's reactions to it, what people's like, things that they may not like but still have questions about. Like, I love all the feedback that you guys have. If it's negative about formatting or something being missed, please send those to Kent, not me. If it's about the content, I will gladly take those. Um, so, yeah, it's just I enjoy this day. It's a lot of fun every year. Like, this first opening uh, of the draft guide being out is a lot of fun. Yes, it absolutely is. I don't have the 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 same responsibilities that I I have had in the past. Hopefully, in the near future, I will get to resume some of those. However, I do remember what it was like crunch time with all this stuff with all of those positions. These guys have put in so much work. Not just Kent, not just Maddie, but Zach Eisen, Ross Uglum, Jake Morley, and Zach Hicks all put in a crazy amount of work for this you need to go get it gum.co slash kcsn23 for those of you who aren't on youtube and can't just click the link below if you're listening go to gum.co slash kcsn23 to get your draft guide it will be an invaluable resource for your draft season this man even selling in the opening even selling in the opening I think anybody, if you're listening on audio or in the description or watching, you can click the link in the description of this show. So there is a link for everyone to be able to access it. It's twelve ninety nine. It's three hundred plus pages of chief specific content. There's over two hundred twenty five write ups. Craig is great as well. Uh, you can find a Craig is great snuck into the draft. And then, uh, I yes, yes, it is uh, front and center. It's great. See if you can find it. Uh, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching. So. Um, really appreciate everybody. What we decided to do is we decided to do a full cheese seven round mock draft. We are not asking your opinions tonight, though. We are not putting it up to poll. We are going, please give us your opinions in the comment section while we go along. Absolutely. Give us your opinions. Give us your thoughts. But we're making the choices. We're making the decisions on this bad boy. So that's what we're kind of planning on doing today. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, let's just kind of get going then. Uh, so... I'm just going to ask this question off the top. Go on. Wide receiver 
I mean, like we're we're I'm not gonna say hell bent, but there is a heavy lean to addressing the wide receiver position with the first pick in the draft for you, right, Matthew? I mean, there should be if you. So I'll put it this way: I think this wide receiver class is not very not very deep. Um, I think the top end talent is about the same. It is it every year. Like there's not the the elite player, but the first round talent I think is still about on par with most years. I think we're just coming off of a year where people felt like there was a lot, right? So I think the wide receiver talent's fine. The Chiefs wide receiver room is not fine. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense to hope to land one of those top wide receivers in round one. And there should be at least going into the draft strong thought process put into, do we trade up to get one of those top four? Because just sitting back and waiting for a wide receiver this year is probably not going to have the best results. I would agree with that sentiment. And conversely, I don't know that because the top end isn't so strong that, um, that it's not going to be a situation where maybe the run happens a little bit later in the first round. I do think there will be a run. I think that once the first receiver comes off the board, you're going to see some teams either through trade-up or you know just sitting in their natural spots that they're going to turn around and they're going to try and attack the wide receiver position. That's going to be hard for the Chiefs picking at 31 to just kind of sit there and try and be content throughout all of this. Brett Veach has shown some patience as of late. He has really done a good job of giving himself options and not forcing himself into a box, which is why this wide receiver conundrum right now is a little bit tough to stomach. It does definitely feel like there's something else coming here because this is not his MO right now. But all things considered, they go into draft day with this need still the exact same way that it is right now. you got to at least think about trading up because once that run starts, the top four are going to go off pretty quick, and then it's a pretty big drop-off after that. Uh, I want to talk about the top four. I think Zay Flowers is gone. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is probably the first receiver off the board. I think Jordan Addison's gone too. Yeah, I don't know if Quentin Johnston is gone. I don't know if it's unrealistic for us to think that Quentin Johnston might be available at 31. I, the you know, or you hear consume. I, it just feels like there's a there's a chance that Quentin Johnson's actually available to the Chiefs. So as we're doing this mock draft, I want to ask the question, you guys. Do you think it's a realistic expectation, a realistic scenario to present Quentin Johnston as the Chiefs' 31st pick? I, I do. Um, but I think this went back to Craig's point, though. I think this draft and, like, a, the scenarios are so hard to read, but there's very a very good chance in this draft that there's a run of wide receivers because it's only four deep, right? Like the, the way we're looking at it right now, it's only four deep. There's a very strong chance that that run comes off before the Chiefs actually get a chance to pick, especially if you look, the Patriots are flirting around a lot of wide receivers right now, but then you get to this stretch. that in this is, It tees before the Patriots. They might not even be the first team to take a wide receiver. You got the Packers, the Titans, the Texans all are right in that same area, but then this run, and the 20s before the Chiefs are going to pick. You have the Chargers, the Ravens, the Vikings. Then you skip a couple picks. The Cowboys, I mean, Brandon Cook shouldn't stop the Cowboys from considering a wide receiver. And then the Buffalo Bills. There's a lot of wide receiver landing spots before the Chiefs. So in push come to shove, I would be a little surprised if one of the top four wide receivers were there. But like, I think it's realistic that it could happen, if that makes sense. That's a Maddie answer and a half right there. No, it is. He's right. I don't think that class is so good that these guys are automatic round one guys in other drafts. And I think you're going to have some GMs that are going to sit on their hands a little bit. You've got a very good receiver in Zay Flowers that's 5'9 with short arms not to, and not blazing speed. Really fast, but not blazing speed. He's a really good football player and will probably go round one. But that's the type of guy that goes round two in other drafts because there are better receivers in front of him. Quentin Johnson has some drop issues. He's got to really kind of work on his route tree a little bit more. So you look at a guy like that and you think, oh, that's probably an early round two guy that's going to get pumped up into round one. So it is very feasible that one of these top four wide receivers, just because there are going to be GMs that are going to look at the value of it and say, I don't love it. I don't love selecting this guy in round one of this draft. Yes, we do need a wide receiver, but I would rather spend that valuation somewhere else than try and gamble on one of these guys earlier. And I'm talking, you know, pick 20, pick 17, something like that, 
gamble on that pick a little bit earlier in a spot where you wouldn't normally draft a guy of that caliber in this draft because wide receiver class is so bleak may force some of those guys out. All right, so some other potential scenarios, some options that we could be presented with. I mean, you could look at an Anton Harrison. You could look at a Darnell Wright. You could look at a Brian Branch. I mean, if you're just talking grab solid football players, Brian Branch might be a, a close to a BPA, a best player available type scenario. You could look at the tight end. So if it's not Quentin Johnston, I, I do. Let, let's just play with the scenario that Quentin Johnston's not available. Are you guys good with that? We good with that, or you want to? No, no, no. I let's say he's not available this time. Um, All right, we can circle back Raider. Let's take him off the board. And I, I will say this too. I feel like wide receivers and offensive tackles. Hopefully, as a Chiefs fan, you hope those two positions are gonna have like a strong correlation, but the inverse. So if you get a run on wide receivers, you're hoping that means a tackle drops. If you get a run on tackles you're hoping that means a wide receiver drops. And it makes sense because both positions are very top-heavy. Both positions have good round one talent, maybe not elite, but good round one talent, but then the depth just completely bottoms out. So you're expecting at least one of those positions to have a runoff. Let's say for now that Quentin Johnston, the wide receiver run happens, and leave whichever one of those offensive tackles you want on the board, I think sounds sounds fair. All right. I want to say we are not going to do trades in this one. We will do trades at a later date for another mock, but no trades today. These are just with the Chiefs stay and put here. I am working on a uh, mock draft simulator right now. Okay. And with the 31st pick in the 2022, 23, sorry. Oh, going to the past. Wow. 2023 NFL draft, the Kansas City Chiefs has selected Anton Harrison, the mm. tackle out of Oklahoma, on an official visit or will be on an official visit with the Chiefs very, very soon. Matthew, what do you think about adding Anton Harrison at pick 31? Love the player. Love the addition. Young, uh, ascending offensive tackle, played in a kind of funky scheme. So there's probably a little bit of a learning curve there, but I think the natural athleticism, the footwork is all phenomenal. Like you like, I love the the transition of this player from the college to the pros to play tackle. What? Who's playing right? Who's playing left? I mean, very first question is it coming up with, did the Chiefs just pay a right tackle that much money in free agency to just draft a left tackle instead? Is that what they did? I'm not saying that's wrong. It's just, is that the route they're going? Are they going to pay a right tackle a bunch of money? Or are they going to flip both tackles to different positions that they haven't played in the past three seasons and let them both learn a new spot? Like, I don't know the answer to what they do. I would imagine Anton Harrison comes in as a left tackle, Jawan Taylor goes back to right tackle. That seems to be the safest. It's just they've been pretty adamant that Jawan Taylor is going to get a left tackle shot. So it's just interesting. It, it is. It's very interesting. But I do think the flexibility of Jawan Taylor there gives them the ability to draft a player like this. If you're sitting there and you're going, wow, Anton Harrison really did fall to us. We love, we love the length. We love the footwork. We obviously love Oklahoma offensive you know, linemen, we're, we're very comfortable with that. I know that in a lot of schemes, maybe you look at some of the stuff that they do with their pockets and things, and you're going, eh, I don't know that that translates. Chiefs are fine with that. They're absolutely fine with that. Anton Harrison at left tackle, Jawan Taylor at right tackle, is about as ideal of a position as you can get coming out of round one as it gets short of a stud wide receiver falling to you there. So I am. this is a home run pick for me. I absolutely love it. You're protecting Patrick Mahomes. You're giving yourself flexibility. He's going to learn next to Joe Tooney for a year. And then if you decide that you want to take the dead cap hit for Joe Tooney in 2024, you can. And you can go ahead, pay Creed Humphrey. You can have a couple of pieces to just constantly kind of cycle through these guys on the offensive line where you got a couple guys paid and you got a couple guys on rookie deals and you're just constantly kind of trying to fill a singular position, typically now it's going to be on the inside because you're going to be comfortable with Taylor and Anton Harrison on the outside. It just opens up everything, and it settles the trenches. And I think that Andy, if we know anything about Andy Reid, that's what he wants to do. That's where he wants to go. So I, I just love this move. I mean, the Chiefs are sniffing around. I mean, so they at least feel like, I mean, if, if he's coming in for a top 30 visit, they're at least feeling some kind of way about him. You know, I don't know. I'm not saying that the top 30s are the end-all, be-all. But, you know, I mean, I could see this being a, a close to a best player available. I mean, he's he's ranked higher than where we think 
uh, you know, then 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 pick thirty one. He's ranked higher for for us in the KCSN draft guide. So I, I like the pick of Anton Harrison. Figure it out. You've got five solid offensive linemen. You're building the wall around Patrick Mahomes, and I'm a fan of that. We're gonna take a break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to KC Sports Network. We'll be right back after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is BJ Kissel, founder and CEO of KC Sports Network. With Kansas City on full display for the NFL Draft, What better way to celebrate our hometown than by supporting a charity that helps kids with special needs in our own backyard? Children's Center for the Visually Impaired will host the CCVI Trolley Run Sunday, April 30th to change the lives of students who are blind or have low vision. Now in its 35th year, the CCVI Trolley Run is a four-mile race that finishes on the Country Club Plaza the Sunday after the NFL Draft. This fundraiser is open to everyone and no athletic ability is required. Enjoy free beer after the race and snacks from local restaurants. We promise the KC community will be on full display. Visit trolleyrun.org and use code KCSN to get a few extra bucks off your registration. That's trolleyrun.org. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you're watching. Appreciate everybody that is hanging out with us. This is obviously a big day for us. It's our first show since the KCSN Draft Guide released. We're celebrating with a full seven-round mock draft. You can purchase your copy in the description of this show below. It's 300 pages of Chiefs-specific draft content, and you get three months to KCSN Substack as well. You're going to get all of our premium articles breaking down every single draft pick that the Chiefs make going to be a lot of fun we can't wait so make sure you're checking that out and again yeah leave comments tell us how you feel about the draft so far the Chiefs have taken Anton Harrison with the 31st pick we are not making any trades I want to use this opportunity with our second pick I'm not going to say to right a wrong in the KCSN draft guide but definitely uh help supplant our opinion of a player that we have ranked a little lower than where our opinion sits currently. And it just so happens to be at the wide receiver position to the point where honestly, we're not sure that the chiefs will be able to draft this player at pick 63. Maddie, if we had a chance today, (laughs) would Jonathan Mingo, the wide receiver out of Ole Miss have become a, my guy for you? I don't know. Um, here's the here's the thing. If I'm deciding right now, I have him as a late second round pick as my wide receiver six. The problem is I think the hype that he is getting nationally is starting to catch up to that range. And that's not how I do my guys. My guys are when I like somebody more so than the consensus. And I think the consensus on Mingo is catching up to where I have him. Doesn't mean I don't like him. I'd love Jonathan Mingo. Again, wide receiver six, closer to five than he is seven. 
and I was a late round two grade. I just, I think that's kind of where the media is taking him right now. And I reserve my guys for players I'm higher on than general media. Yeah. And expecting Jonathan Mingo to be there at 63, I know that everybody's going to rush to their mock draft machines right now and go, you know what? He's right there. He's in the third round. So I'm going to be able to take him in round three with the Chiefs pick. I see a lot of mocks that are going around like that. I don't believe for a second that man's going to be there in round three. I am about 75% sure he's not going to be there in round two. I think that man is a top 50 to 55 player. And I, I think that NFL teams have been high on him for a little while. I think you're starting to see the rebound from some people that are starting to fall in love with him. He's climbing boards quickly. You're seeing people start to get more accustomed with this game. And it's a very easy comparison because he plays a little bit like AJ Brown and he's coming out of Ole Miss. And if you're asking to try and get a guy like that in round two, and he's obviously got refinement that he still has to have there. He's got some injury history to him. But he's a really good football player. He understands the nuances of playing wide receiver. He tested really well. He's a big dude, a willing blocker. Somebody's going to fall in love with that man well before he's going to get to 63. So the easiest move in the world here, and an ideal mock draft here for today, would be, yeah, the Chiefs select Anton Harrison and then spin around and draft Jonathan Mingo. But I don't think that there's a chance that he's going to be there at 63. And since we're not doing trades, trade ups, I mean, I don't know if you guys agree with me, both of you here, but I, I just don't think that he's going to be around for that. I'm I don't with you at this point. Like, I don't think that's the case. So we can establish and, and write the wrong if you'd like and, and feel really good about it, or we can try to make it a little bit more challenging for ourselves if you'd like. So do you, let, that's fine by me. Uh, I'm looking at other receivers I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna throw out Marvin Mims then, the Oklahoma teammate of Anton Harrison, who, um, I I I think if because like we talk about Jalen Hyatt a lot, you know, uh, maybe we don't talk it on air a lot. We talk about Jalen Hyatt off air. We I was a strong word for this conversation, but continue. <laughs> I would rather have Marvin Mims at 63 than Jalen Hyatt at pick 31, and it's not even close. And you go back and watch some Marvin Mims from 2021 when he had Caleb Caleb Williams throwing the ball down the field and really challenging and giving them some opportunities. I think there's some really impressive moments on there for Marvin Mims. I'm a fan of his. Um, he's got the vertical stretch ability. He actually ran faster than Jalen Hyatt, weighing more than Jalen Hyatt. And he does some of the things similarly that Jalen Hyatt does. And actually, I think he can do a little bit more. Uh, I'm a big fan of the idea of Marvin Mims here at 63. Matthew, anybody else you throw out there, or do we like that move? Um, okay, so I mean, a couple things. The comp to like Hyatt, I think they're the same player. Um, so like, if you don't like Hyatt, I don't think you like Mims, and if you like Mims, I think you like Hyatt. So uh, your stance on those two is wild to me. It's the value. It's the pick value. I see so many similarities between. I get it. I would take Mims at 63 over Hyatt at 31 because they're practically the same player. One of them has just shown the ability to play more physical, and it's the guy getting mocked in the first round, not the second round. That's besides the point. I don't think Mims is there either. I'm not going to say we have to rule him off at, at this point in time, right? And bad wide receiver class, people are going to reach. Mims probably goes off around the same time I think Mingo does. We can keep him as the pick here. I think he kind of makes sense for the Chiefs if they're looking for another vertical threat, somebody that can replace MBS in the future. He's not the same type of vertical threat, but if you look at what Marvin Mims did in college, go routes kind of post routes and like now routes. That's all. There's nothing in between. There's nothing short to intermediate. It's Lunders. all line of scrimmage. It's all downfield. The good yak, but minimal missed tackles. You don't know right now. Am I describing Jalen Hyatt or Marvin Mims? You have no idea. Hey, there's, point, right? there's some under routes in there. I'm going to just go ahead and move this thing along a little bit because we got plenty of picks. With the 63rd okay. pick, the Kansas City Chiefs select Anton Harrison's teammate in college, Marvin Mims, the wide receiver. The Kansas City Sooners, baby. Let's go. All right. Well, I'm going to search for the next Sooner on the board. Give me just a second. Eric Gray, lock him in. Oh, there we go. Willis, lock him in. Wanya Morris, come on down. I uh, see. Now you're, well, but they don't need Wanya anymore. They they don't need him. That's right. Okay. Uh, pick, pick 95. So, you know, the Chiefs have addressed the tackle position. They've addressed receiver. Defensive end, tight end, both feel like some p positions that there could potentially be some good value here. Uh, Matthew, where do you want to look? What what position, what players do you want to look at here at 95? 
Oh, boy. Um, I mean, I feel like we should spend a little more time on the D-line in round two, so let's go ahead and look at any D-line options here. Um, we probably missed the good edges, I think, by skipping it in round two, so hopefully there's a D-tackle left, but honestly, with the Chiefs drafting the back of round three, this might be kind of the end of the that next tier, like this final tier D-tackles too, so you can tell me what's left in D-tackle for this little exercise, but... You got a you got a Jaquel and Roy. You've got Toby Turner, Mike Morris, Mora Ojomo, Keandre Coburn. Those are the guys you got there in the defensive tackle position. I mean, I would make my case for Jacqueline Roy to run it in, uh, run in the card there. I think you have an LSU defensive tackle that, due to injuries, played entirely out of position this past year as a junior for Matt House. So the Chiefs, you know, wanted to get a little inside scoop. I think they might have a pretty good relationship there. But here's a guy that they forced to who had played as like an under tackle, a three tech, his first two years. They said, hey, you got to be our nose tackle this year. And he did it. Like, And it looked fine. It wasn't as good as he was in the years past, but it looked fine. So now you have a guy that can play one tech, can play three tech, has some pass rush, can stand up against the run a little bit. I think he's a kind of, he's like a Colin Saunders type player, but like just better. A souped up version of Colin Saunders, which was very valuable to the Chiefs given he can play all three downs. But I'll let Craig also make a, a case for somebody. No, I actually was going to suggest maybe looking at the defensive tackle position just because I think that that's where the value is here. Yes, addressing edge is needed desperately at this point, but rather than maybe trying to make a reach there with all the guys that Kent had kind of mentioned, I, I would go with Roy. And I, I think you kind of, that's around when the Chiefs selected Derek Nottie. That's going to be a more productive player potentially than Derek Nottie and certainly is going to fit in the scheme maybe a lot better than a guy like Derek Nottie. Give somebody next to Chris Jones that can anchor. Give somebody next to Chris Jones that can win enough and push the pocket enough to create some work there. So I think he makes a ton of sense. And if you're looking at, they drafted Colin Saunders in this range. They drafted Derek Nottie in this range. I think that Brett Veach kind of looks at this position, and the Chiefs especially, Andy Reid as well, look at this position and say, hey, this is where we feel like we can catch a guy that's going to be certainly above average at that nose under tackle position. I would do Jacqueline Roy. I really would. And just kind of fix things, put him under Joe Cullen, and have a pretty good interior defensive line. Well, that's the pick at 95. 95th pick. The Kansas City Chiefs have selected Jacqueline Roy, defensive tackle LSU. We're going to move to pick 122 in the fourth round now. Uh, I'm looking at edge. I'm looking at, you know, some options there that we might want to go to. Uh, it could be a best player available. Like, there's some value that could be there at the tight end spot, like a, a Will Mallory. Uh, I like Brenton Strange as a round four option. Uh, tackle, or sorry, tight end, defensive end. Do you think those are two positions we should look at here, Matthew? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think at this point in time, you kind of start throwing positions out and start looking for best players available. So, like, but if you wanted to sort it by positions, uh, yeah, start, is there any pass rusher that maybe slipped to the middle of this round that would make a lot of sense here? And it sounds like the top tier of the tight ends are gone. I don't think I would reach, if once you lost out on that Laporta, Tucker Craft kind of area, Schoonmaker, I don't think I would reach for a tight end this early. That's just what I would go with it, though. So there's a local kid. Isaiah McGuire out of Missouri, the edge rusher, uh, a prototypical Steve Spagnuolo defensive end sitting here at 122. I honestly kind of compare him a little bit to like a Josh Kando type pick. You know, it's just another swing on some unique athletic traits you want him to see. You want to see him continue to develop as a football player. I think he makes a lot of sense here at 122. What say you, Craig? I Yeah, I, I, I would be completely on board with that. This is exactly the range where I'm taking gambles on athletic profile trying to see if that sticks. I know that people are going to look at a guy like Kando and say, well, that didn't really translate. That hasn't really worked out. But it was a quality. The process is good. Like, the, the process is really good there. Take a gamble on a guy that's got, you know, five stars coming out of high school, athletic ability, whatever the case may be. Try and find a trump card in round four. I Yeah, I'm on board with it. Matthew, any rebuttals? I... No, he's just not my. He's not my favorite player because of the uh, very st heavy stiffness, right? But he's very spagsy, big, thick defensive end, plays the run well. I'd like to see him play a little bit better, actually, given that he's almost two hundred and seventy pounds. But like, he he makes a lot of sense for Steve Spagnuolo. He fits into the what they like in in the defensive line room. I With will you, say this before we move on: Is Caleb Murphy still available in this scenario? 
Yes, Caleb Murphy is still available. I think you're going to be able to get Caleb Murphy a little bit later in this draft. Okay. And honestly, I, we'll have the conversation because we still yeah. have six more picks to go. Absolutely. Double dipping at defensive end, especially if you're going to wait till round four, makes a lot of sense. And we are going to probably double dip, but the first dip is going to be Isaiah McGuire, the defensive end out of Missouri with the 122nd pick in the draft. 134, the Chiefs have two picks in round four. Um, this could be a this could be a spot to look at a running back. You know, uh, there's a it just depends on you, you kind of pick your style. But you know, there's some there's some different kind of players. You've got a Sean Tucker available. You have an Eric Gray available if we really want to keep adding Oklahoma players. <laughs> Chase, Chase Brown out of Illinois. I feel like this is kind of an area a pocket where you could see the Chiefs get some value for the running back room. But I'm open to to just about anything. If you want to start looking at some BPA as well, Craig or Maddie, we can do that as well. Uh, for me, it's if those were your top running backs, it sounds like your value is probably about spot on. I don't think you're getting plus value in this round with those guys. Like if the Bigsby, for instance, was still there, Roshan Johnson was still there, maybe then we could have the conversation about getting plus value. But if they're gone, then yeah, I think you start. What's left in the secondary? Uh, what is there any corners? It's a good corner class. Are there any mm. really good? Quarters left, or what's the safety yeah. look like? What's the best players kind of available at the top of the board right now? Okay, so we'll just throw some names out. You got a Terrell Smith, you've got a Makai Gardner, you got a uh, Jacorian Bennett, you have a Corey Trice. Uh, you can stop. We know where we're going. <laughs> I want to go on, Craig. That where are we going? I almost did. Where, where are we going? Let's <laughs> take Jacorian right here. Let's take it right here. Jacorian Bennett going to be the only arguably the only tier one guy that's going to fall out of the first two days of the draft. This is going to be a very heavy early tier one draft. Jacorian Bennett is your gamble there at trying to hit another stud boundary corner. I know the Chiefs are set at corner. He doesn't have to play immediately. Gamble on traits. Let's go ahead real quick. You just threw out the words tier one. Why don't you just go tell everybody a little bit about what you mean by tier one in case they don't know about your wonderful article you've been doing for the KCSN Draft Guide that helps predict cornerbacks and their success in the league. About five years ago, I started taking cornerback athletic testing. Historically, I kind of created a formula based on combine testing to try and see what kind of was were indicators that were deep in the draft. Like, I'm not looking for first-round guys. I wanted to find what sort of similarities there were between guys that were deeper in the draft, that were hidden gems and things like that. So I created this thing, cornerback athletic testing. It's called CBAT. That's what I've gone with there. But it's been highly predictive over the last five years. Like every single year, there's a handful of guys that come out and typically there's going to be some at the beginning of the draft, but it's the guys in the middle of the draft that I really look at to try and figure out if those guys are going to be successful. You know who was a Tier 1 CBAT last year? Tariq Woolen. That seemed to work out pretty well for the Seattle Seahawks. year before, a guy, Nate, uh, Nate Hobbs, that the Raiders took, has been a key component of their defense. Now, the Raiders' defense isn't good, but they are getting so much value out of a pick that they took late in the draft. It happens time and time again. There are five Tier 1 C-Bats at the time of the writing, there's always pro day stuff that trickles in and guys move up and down and stuff like that. But at the time of writing, there were five Tier 1 C-Bats. Jacorian Bennett's probably the only guy that's making it outside of the top 100. So I'm obviously gambling on that because traditionally it's worked out. When I first watched Jacorian Bennett, I immediately text or messaged Craig and said, Craig, I found the next kind of corner that we're going to like that's definitely going to be a chief because... In the, in the course of one game, he played in the boundary, he played on the, in the slot, and he spent like three reps playing safety, but had a few other reps where he dropped to like a deep half zone. I think I pretty much said, it's like watching DiCaprio Boodle for Nebraska all over again. Yeah. And now come to find out, though, after athletic testing, not only did he kind of play like Boodle did in college, he also happens to be a freak athlete. And I thought his man-to-man coverage skills that he displayed at the Senior Bowl were absolutely phenomenal when, while he was down there. So like, I, you know, I get it. He's not a definitely a top 50, top 75 type pick because the tape is a little up and down. He wasn't even the number, you know, he's not even the best quarterback prospect coming out of Maryland, but he screams Kansas City chief defensive back, this versatility. And then you throw on this athletic testing. It's hard not to love that pick. 
with the 134th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs have selected Ja'Korian Bennett, the cornerback out of Maryland. We are moving on to pick 166, and I have good news. Eric Gray's still available. <laughs> no. You still not drafting any more Sooners. You don't like Eric Gray? Not drafting any. I like Eric Gray. You just drafting any more. We're not drafting any more Oklahoma Sooners. Can I interest you in a Chase Brown big no. back position? That's also good value out here. Uh, I think Chase Brown, Isaiah Pacheco are kind of like the same guy, personally. I think Eric Gray would make a lot more sense. Um, I don't dislike Eric Gray. I think Eric Gray is a very good pick for the Chiefs. And this range is about where I would expect him to be available. So, like, if you feel strongly about Eric Gray going here, we can. My only hesitation would be, is Eric Gray a guy to come in and be your running back 1A? And if not, what are the situations that you see him coming on the field for? Like, where are you? When are you taking Pacheco off for him? Like, why? Why would you want to play him over Pacheco? I think, especially, he's not a great pass protector either. I mean, like, I, I think that that's the one thing that you could maybe look at from Isaiah Pacheco. Isaiah Pacheco's willing, but he's not great at it yet. And so you'd be looking for an upgrade there. And if he's not good at it, then yeah, I'm, I'm with Matt. Like, we, where is his real key value for this team in that scenario? He's a receiver. What? I will say this. He's a good receiver. Mm-hmm. How would you feel? How would you feel about taking Andrew Voorhees here and redshirting him with ten picks? The Chiefs have shown a propensity to, you know, hold on to some of these. You know, try to do some of this redshirting a little bit. They've done it with guys like Darius Harris in the past, Tim Ward. Obviously, these have been more wire type players. I mean, just Justin Ross kind of wound up being that, even though he wasn't. So, you know, the Chiefs have been willing to take some of these kind of chances at times. How do you feel about just taking an Andrew Voorhees as a developmental interior offensive line for the future? Do you have any strong feelings, Craig? I don't. I I, I see the I see the pros and cons. You're not really getting anything out of him, and then you're gambling on health, and that's not always worked out for the Chiefs when you're trying to recover a year later. Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's a it's an ACL, so like that's a, 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 a an injury that people recover from a lot more frequently than they used to. So that's just an idea. Is there a position you want me to look at? He's twenty four. Are you sure? I'm positive. He's twenty four, coming off an injury, and I'm, when I watched Warriors, I thought he would be fitting a lot better in a power run scheme where mm. he's kind of operating in a phone booth and going straight forward. Um, I. I would feel like you're getting a lesser version of Trey Smith, and I think we've already seen as good as Trey Smith is, there's times where some of his movement becomes an issue trying to get laterally and things like that. So I just don't know. That'd be an interesting guard pairing, I think, with the Chiefs going forward as a red shirt option. Um, Go with Eric Gray. Eric Gray's a good, fine pick here. I'll ignore my Oklahoma Sooner bias so we can move this along a little bit. Um, Just unless you have a guard that I like more. I'm going to check the guards here in a second. With the 166th pick, the Kansas City Sooners have selected Eric Gray, Oklahoma. Off the rails. Running back. This is fine. Chiefs like so off the rails. Chiefs like, this is fine. This, the Chiefs like their blue red. I feel, Maddie, you hate every draft we do ever. It's hilarious. No, I have no qualms with this draft right now. I, I was going to say, he, he likes this draft. No, I have zero qualms with this draft. It's, it's a lot of Oklahoma Sooners. It's okay. Uh, you think we should get some word from some sponsors? We should take a break, probably. That's a good point. A sports network for today's fan. KC Sports Network. Podcasts, YouTube, social media, live shows. KCSN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you're watching. Appreciate everybody that is hanging out. Uh, we're doing a seven 
round mock draft because uh, we're celebrating the release of the KCSN Graph Guide yesterday. It's been really, really cool. I'm looking at the interior offensive line uh, because the Chiefs are sitting on the board at pick 178. Some interesting names sit out there. Uh, we've got uh, Antonio Maffi out of UCLA. We've got McClendon Curtis. Uh, we have a Sim Richards out of North Carolina. We've got uh, a Juice Scruggs out of Penn State. Matthew, any of those uh, interest you? I mean, yeah, I think I think you got all guys there with pretty good value um, coming across, and I think it depends on like if you're putting yourself in the Chiefs' shoes, right? Like, what do you, what would the Chiefs do? I would take Antonio Maffi because I love him as an offensive guard. I love his demeanor. But you're you're bordering close to the same issue I just said before. He's I think he's he's not as linear. Don't get me wrong. He's a much better lateral athlete. But you're still looking at a pretty much a dominating run blocking kind of interior offensive lineman. I think he's got more upside, but that's just not where his strength lies. So somebody like McClendon Curtis, um, he's got like offensive tackle size and length. He's a guy that's played all around the offensive line. I think he's someone that while he needs some technical work, he's a guy that probably showcases a little bit more agility and just like short area quickness to do some of the versatile stuff the Chiefs do across their offensive line. Plus a small school guy, got plenty of length. I mean, like it, you got stuff that you got to teach him, but you're getting him in the system for another year. I think the only other guy that I might throw out here is John Gaines out of UCLA, but I think he's going to be – the Chiefs are – Chiefs have kind of switched away from some of the zone-heavy stuff. Yeah, they they run plenty of zone, but the body type that they've got there isn't leaning quite as heavily on, you know, smaller, more athletic interior offensive linemen. Joe Tooney's a big guy. Creed Humphrey's a big guy. Trey Smith is a big guy. I think John Gates would stick out a little bit, so I'm fine with going with McClendon Curtis. With the 178th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs are selecting McClendon Curtis the offensive lineman out of Tennessee, Chattanooga. I like it. I like this draft. I like where I like this draft so far. This has been a pretty good draft. The Chiefs are back on the clock at two sixteen. So yeah, this is a big gap. I think this might be the biggest gap in draft picks that they have for the entirety of the night, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think it is. So uh, they've got they got pick two sixteen here. Is Braden Willis available? Uh, let's look. He's the H-back from Oklahoma. You don't have to actually look. It was a joke. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> okay. Uh, what, what we could look at double dipping on edge here. I think this could be a yeah. spot to, to, to double dip on uh, edge. You got sure. D, DJ Johnson out of Oregon. No? Yeah. Just your athletic shot. We talked a lot okay. about athleticism with McGuire. I mean, DJ Johnson's a guy that has probably an even better athletic profile, fits all the spag stuff, um, wide receiver to tight end to defensive end, so a little bit older uh, of a prospect, but he's someone to keep an eye on. I mean, do you have the uh, – he doesn't fit the Chiefs' sizes, but he had a virtual meeting with the Chiefs here recently, Jose Ramirez. Um, yes. Is he's he gone. available? He's, he's gone. That's, that's a sad time. Hey, uh, Caleb Murphy's available. Caleb Murphy's available from Fair State. Get Craig his guy. I mean, I, 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 I'll go to the table for that because I think that that's a guy that can get on the field quickly. Like, I think if if you're going to gamble on a guy with a little bit higher upside athletic profile, that sort of stuff, then, you know, uh, you want to compliment somebody w- with him like Caleb Murphy. He's got a full toolbox already. Like, that man wins with just about everything that you can. Talk to him a lot. His process is sound. Uh, like, when you talk to him, you, you kind of get a little bit of, not necessarily from the Demeter, but from the approach of some Frank Clark vibes, takes a lot of notes, studies a lot of tape of offensive tackle, note counters to counters to counters. You know, he's got stuff kind of planned out in his head. It just remains to be seen if that's going to translate because that's a massive step up coming from Ferris State. Not probably a guy that you're just going to go, okay, he's a surefire guy that's going to translate, but he's got the work ethic. He's got that ability. I think that I think he's a guy that you're adding to the room and he's going to stick. He's going to be around the entirety of his rookie deal. You just, it remains to be seen what you're going to really get out of it. Thanks to everybody that's watching right now. Please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. Uh, leave your comments. Tell us what you think of how the picks are going so far. Let me run everything down for you where we're at real quick. Pick 31, the Chiefs went tackle Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma doing a top 30 visit with him. Uh, they followed up with his teammate at pick 63, Marvin Mims, uh, the wide receiver, at 95. 
the Chiefs select defensive tackle Jacqueline Roy out of LSU. Pick 122, they go local and grab edge rusher Isaiah McGuire out of Mizzou. Pick 134 is cornerback Jacorian Bennett out of Maryland. Pick 166 is a third Sooner Eric Gray out of Oklahoma, the running back. Pick 178, interior offensive lineman McClendon Curtis out of Chattanooga. And breaking news with the 217th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Chiefs select Caleb Murphy, the edge out of Ferris. Chiefs have two more late round, seventh round draft. Boy. Back-to-back, pick 249 and 250. That's going to be fun if they keep both of those picks. It'll be kind of fun to go back-to-back. So I kind of like that. Um, Where do you want to go for pick for the late round seven? I'm not going to fight for a quarterback. Just so so you know. I could do the Chiefs. What position do you want? Oh, man. I think we got to look at tight end. A little bit. Um, it's a good tight end class. Let's see who's fallen at this point because surely not all of the decent tight ends have come off the board at this point. I get that there's probably the pickings are slim, but yeah, take us up there. We'll throw a couple of names. There's Noah Gendorf out of North Dakota State, uh, Blake Whitehart out of Wake Forest, Leonard Taylor, one of the best interviews we ever had, uh, <laughs> Cincinnati, true, uh, Travis Vokalek. Uh, out of Nebraska, Kyle Patterson out of Air Force. Uh, there's a few of those names, so I don't know if any of those are are jumping off the jumping off for you. But uh, what do you think, Matthew? Maddie, you got a pro oh, me. Um, I mean, nothing jumped out to me out of that yeah. group. I think you would be just and I no issues with one. Um, I don't pick whatever one of those guys is the best special teamer and uh, just roll with it. I don't, I don't. None of those guys spoke to me if I was a new gotcha, gotcha. Uh, man. Now we've had a little bit of a slog. We wasted our running back and our interior offensive line filler pick, and now we got to go with real positions at the end of the draft. Uh, I I will say this. I could see a scenario where the Chiefs don't invest. Like, there's, I could see the Chiefs going early investment. I could see the Chiefs picking a tight end literally anywhere, and all of it would make sense. If they said, hey, we're betting on our guys. We like Noah Gray, Travis Kelsey. Mm -hmm. We like, we brought Blake Bell back. We've got, you know, we've got Jody Fortson here. Like, if you told me, eh, hey, we're, we're fine. We'll take a swing maybe late in the draft. We'll, like, if, if if it got to this point that she didn't take a tight end, I, I don't think I'd be absolutely stunned. Is DJ Dale, defensive tackle out of Alabama, still there? Or PJ Mustafer, defensive tackle out of Penn State? Just get, get somebody a little bit more beef to go in there. You don't want Jacqueline Roy to play a nose tackle. I'll, no, you... I'll, throw this, I'll throw this one out, and I don't think, I don't think he's going to be there. Broderick Martin's available. Yeah, I think he'll be gone. I think he'll be gone. I think you have to get him in. I think you might have to get him where we took Eric Gray. Seriously. Um, I like him a lot. You think Jared Clark out of Coastal Carolina is available there? Maybe. Let's do that. It turns out Marquan McCall was available. So, like, I don't know why. True. Would it be? Yeah. I think Gerard's a little bit bigger. But with the uh, 249th pick... In the 2023 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select defensive tackle, nose tackle, Gerard Clark out of Coastal Carolina. Absolutely massive human, space eater. Definitely needs some technical work to kind of advance and become a, you know, a more complete run defender. But, man, I, I he's he's a fun he's a fun player to get this late in the draft, I think. Yeah, I mean, he fills a very specific role, right? He's going to come in, he's going to fill a specific role, and you're going to ask him to only fulfill that specific role, and that's what makes it a good pick at this point in time in the draft because you you know how he's going to be used right away, and that's kind of what you're hunting for once you get to the latter part of day three. All right, we have one more pick. It's pick 250. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you are watching. Give us a grade on our on our draft so far. Tell us what you think mm-hmm. about it. Uh, we could look at the linebacker position. I think, you know, I, I, there's another guy, if you're talking special teams, uh, you could look at some guys that, that played some special teams or have some special teams profiles. Do we think that the Chiefs have a spot at linebacker available for someone to take? Is it is it is it um, Jack Conkren's spot potentially to try to upgrade? You seem to like him, though, right? I know. I'm just, I'm just saying it. Okay, uh, what about this? What about... Malik Knowles, wide receiver out of K-State, specifically for his kick return ability. I, he hasn't returned many punts, but he's just been a kick returner. I mean, you could go with, like, a Darius Davis or some of these other. I was just trying to think of a bigger wide receiver to be a kick returner because I know we did draft another small, tiny baby man wide receiver, and that was brought up in the chat that the Chiefs now have a lot of those. 
So like Malik Knowles is a relatively big guy that has some returnability. I don't know if Mitchell Tinsley is still available, but I think he returned a little bit before Penn State. I'm just trying to think of some potential returners that play wide receiver. I like the Knowles move. I like the Knowles. I do too. I, I, I do. Go, Craig. You got it. No, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense to help round out the room. They need a guy with a little more mass. They need a guy with a little more size. I know, I know that that's the case, but you know, kick returner has kind of been, especially if Kadarius Tony is not healthy. This team doesn't want Sky Moore to be returning punts. I know what he did, and I know what he hit the redemption arc and all of that. That was kind of not what they want to be doing with him. Dave Tobe at this point, I think, is fully ready to not have that man returning kicks anymore. So drafting Aiden, an actual kick returner, somebody that he's going to trust because Kadarius Tony can't handle that much of a load and stay healthy throughout the entire season, that makes too much sense to me. With the 250th pick, the world champion Kansas City Chiefs round out their draft that they hosted in Kansas City with wide receiver Malik Doles out of Kansas State. That is going to do it for the round seven, seven rounds, sorry, mock draft for all of us here at the KC Laboratory. It was a lot of fun. If the Chiefs, what was your favorite pick? You want to go there? Well, yeah, just what was your favorite pick? Real quick, what was your favorite pick that the Chiefs just made? I love, I love Marvin Mims at 63. I think you get, I think you get everything you think you're getting in Jalen Hyatt. You can't, you can't stop trying to dunk on Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, look. Can I ask you a question? If the Chiefs traded up the pick 55 for Jalen Hyatt, how do you feel? Fine. Fine. Okay. Not excited. Yeah. You would be more excited before I'm good. I'm, at 63. I'm good. I'm good. I liked, I like, I, yes. I think, yes. Interesting. I would not have pegged you for that the way you talked about this man, but okay. I don't like the idea of taking him at 31. Craig, what was your favorite pick? My favorite pick? Jacorian Bennett. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's brand. Uh, not only just my brand, but like you said, Matt, he plays all over the place. I I covet an amoebic secondary, and he helps lend itself to that if he progresses the way that you expect. Gamble on athletic traits and try and get that guy that can play all over the secondary. Now, my favorite pick was Anton Harrison. Uh, he's the best player they drafted, so uh, that's, that's cool. And uh, he made two positions better. He's the only guy that directly made two positions better, uh, especially if they moved Taylor back to right tackle. So I'll I'll give it to Anton Harris. I think that's a really good pick here. Um, I have kind of decided that I don't think the Chiefs are going to go attacking offensive tackle in the first round, but I think if one falls to them, I think the fact that Darnell Wright's visiting, that Anton Harrison's visiting, I think both will be gone. But if they're not, they're at least doing their due diligence. So that, um, yeah. So yeah, I'll go with Anton Harrison. We're just one Brian Branch away visit away from us just confirming that the Chiefs are just going to go best player available and see whatever just falls to them at 31. That is going to do it for the KC Laboratory 7-round mock draft. Please buy our guide. Thanks, y'all. We'll catch you later. Go Alex Perea. Boomer Sooner. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.